Thank you for downloading this episode of the Cast Iron Theatre Podcast. I'm Michelle Donkin. And I'm Andrew Allen. And this episode is coming to you from the Edinburgh Festival Friends. Yeah, we're episode 22. Episode 22. And uh, it's already quite a packed episode. Um, a lot of these episodes from uh, the Fringe will be. Uh, we've got two guests in this episode. Uh, I want to see if I can go for a multitude of literally the word episode <laughs> in one sentence. Um, but we have got um, lots of uh, things going on in this episode. We have got Katie Shoot in the first half talking about many things, but uh, particularly about her own solo hour, Shoot the Unromantic, which is on at the Counting House. Yep, and we're also talking to Rhythm Theatre about their show, Did I Choose These Shoes? And that's on at the Space at Jury's Inn. The one thing that we won't be talking about in this episode is the show that we're putting on, which is Cacophony. Yeah, every night, pretty much. Uh, at 7.30 at Sweet Hollywood. Uh, so uh, look on the Fringe website or even pop along and say hello to us um, at the Sweet Hollywood, which is just behind the Pleasance. But apart from that, I uh, hope you enjoy uh, listening to this podcast um, and a big hello from everybody at Cast Iron Theatre from Edinburgh. Welcome to the uh, Cast Iron Theatre Podcast. This is episode 22, and for the first time we are at the Edinburgh Fringe. Uh, We're actually at the uh, Sweet Grass Market at Apex Hotels, so what you can hear is the buzz of excited Fringe customers and confused international tourists. Uh, And for today's episode, uh, we've got uh, Katie Shute. Hello. Hello. Um, I always uh, tend to, you know, because as I first knew you, it was Katie Shute of the Maydays, as if you didn't have a personality of your own. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but it, you're much more than that. You, you, you're not just, you're not faithful to the May Days. Is what I'm saying. No, I'm definitely screwing around on the yeah. May Days <laughs> with lots of other people. Um, I mainly perform with Project Two, which is a science fiction improv That's outfit. Right. Um, although one of them's taking some time off and the other one's going travelling so for like two months that's not a thing Um, and then I also make Destination Podcast which is an improv thing and then just sort of generally pour myself around all the improv shows there are So Destination Podcast is uh, every Sunday Uh, is that right? Yes, we've just finished a series so it's not I mean there's a back catalogue at the moment but we're not putting them out right now um, because some people may not have heard this, uh, it's about what, a 15 minute episode yeah. and uh, what happens? There's, we put someone in a car, not really, we're around a table, although we have done it really once and we were really yeah. scared they would crack. <laughs> um, and then everyone else phones them. So yes. uh, it's a 15 minute real time journey yes. from a suggested location from our audience and then they just uh, get phone calls from all the people in their life and they just deal with that however they can. Yeah, the, the few that I've listened to, uh, uh, which sounds like it's really dad, like oh, I've listened to a few, but they're genuinely the few that I've listened to have been really funny and really clever. And it's, we talk about improv, you know, going on a journey, but this is when you're literally going on a journey. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's been, so I'm going to ask you the dull, boring question. Yeah. What is the most weird suggestion for a, for a destination that you've been given? Oh, we really like it when we get sci-fi ones because yeah. I think even normal ones when they're like, go to Ikea in Croydon, will be like, cool, and it'll be good. But then, you know, someone will get attacked by some weird patient zero type virus yes. or yeah. <laughs> just because we all, a lot of us like science fiction, that often happens. Yeah. So we quite like suggestions when we get like the the edge of the universe. It's yeah. one that I remember, that was cool. So we just put them in a spaceship instead of a car. That kind I, of and I guess with the whole sort of the geek culture, I remember one of my favorite gags uh, in your stand up. 
and I was the annoying person who would tend to laugh first in the audience we did a slow burn reveal on the quantum leap um, oh, uh, cool. opening um, and yeah it was sort of lovely sort of, it's lovely for the audience I guess to sort of um, be part of that geek team yeah um, you're, you're also in Nightmare Live I love Nightmare Live pretty much Live. exactly what it sounds like yeah it's sort of a it was a secret life goal I think <laughs> I, I watched it for the first time years and years ago and I and I loved it because I loved the TV show so much when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, and I didn't have the right friends to get on it. Like, of course, I, yeah. I had like nerdy friends, but they weren't like that kind of nerdy. They were more just like sort of idiot friends that were fun. Um, and you know, people are like, "Oh, I'm such a nerd. I just play D and D." And I was yeah. like, "Going, someone play D and D with me." So uh, yeah, I watched them one year, and then the next year we were doing our Ghostbusters musical. So I was yes. furiously tweeting Paul, going, "Please let us be on the panel, please." Yeah. Yeah. And he eventually let me be on the panel. He says through persistence, because no one recommended me or anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I love being on the panel so much. And I killed the Dungeoneer, and I felt so bad. I made the other guy. Uh, steer the Dungeoneer because I was really scared about doing directions yes. and then right at the end in this terrifying room he went oh you have a go and then of course I killed them which was really annoying <laughs> and then uh, yeah and then a, a year later or two years later yeah. Paul was looking for a, another cast member so yeah. he asked me to play and, and the first show I was terrified because you know if you're like a nerd girl for the actual show you're going to do and meet it's, your heroes. it's terrifying yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we actually met Hugo Mayer, yeah. the original Traegar, was yeah. in one of our shows. And I was just like, oh, you're so cool. <laughs> um, yeah, so I love doing it. It's really nice. It's yeah. definitely been a thing uh, that the nerd girl that you were grow, growing up in 2017 is going yeah. to have had a different life. <laughs> yeah. um, that it's, you know, even just cosplaying at like a Comic Con or whatever, it's such a different uh, acceptance of empowerment that we've got that we might not have in the 80s. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. yeah. I didn't have, like I said though, I, I didn't really have a clan of people that were into that. I think no. I was more like on my own reading Choose Your Own Adventure books ah, rather than, adventure. you know, part yeah. of a team. Yeah, they're cool, hey? <laughs> Steve Jackson and Ian Livingston, not the other ones. Yeah, I, I, I used to write, I, I'm sure, pretty sure this is not a false memory, I used to write Choose Your Adventure books, which were for me. Yeah. <laughs> because there was no hand. I wrote one, that's as far as I got. I think my one was overly convoluted. <laughs> well, and lots of false trails <laughs> of, you made the wrong decision, go back. Um, so that's probably why I had no friends, because I was a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was full of a lot of horrible deaths. Of course. Um, yeah. And you, um, speaking of horrible deaths, uh, you, uh, you've got um, Happily Never After. Yeah, that uh, is full of horrible deaths. Uh, which is, um, well, what is it? <laughs> it's like a Tim Burton style uh, improvised tale that I do with the Maydays. Yeah. Um, I say tale, it's got a lot of songs in it, but we realise it's not really a musical. Um, because it, it, yeah, it's not formulated in the same way as a musical, but it has big, big songs and stuff. And the songs themselves are improvised. Yeah, yeah. everything, including the underscoring. So Excellent. Joe Samuel, who who's our musical director and director of that show, actually, yeah. he his whole thing is completely improvised. We don't really have a lot of improvised shows have a structure. Sure. We have like we have a structure for our opening song and yeah. then nothing else. Excellent. So that there's a yeah a place to start and then we do whatever. And uh, that must. That feels like, again, it was a 
a dream come true to a certain extent of uh, lots of people with their passion projects mm. and marrying it to improv coming together. Yeah, it's really nice. I think it's, it's one that we really enjoy as a company. I think that's why it's been a nice hit. Like we did very well here last year, so we yeah. just brought it back again. And it's our touring show, so when we do yes. international festivals and yeah. stuff, that's the one we take, because yeah. people just people really like genre shows. It's a nice hook, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. an easy sell. Yeah. It's got a it's got a great image and people it's easy flyering here for it because yeah. you just see people and go oh they might like a gothic musical tale or Tim Burton or Grimm's fairy tales you're or whatever judging by appearance yes which is important on the fringe <laughs> I guess or there when you're flyering um, of oh they're my people yeah um, uh, what's because what I've been very increasingly aware of this year is does anybody really think that the flyers believe the line, oh, sorry, it's our last day, we're going home tonight? Because that's just such an elegant lie that clearly, well, I saw you last week saying that, so <laughs> did, did, were your flights delayed? Oh, I, do you know what, nowadays, I think this is my 13th fringe, yeah. so um, I've now just reached a sort of zen with flyering, yeah. where I, I don't do hours and hours and hours a day no. for a start, a lot of no. people do, and yeah. in that case, that's a much harder job. Yes. But I don't, I don't care about the rejection anymore. No. Now it's just, it feels less like sales and more like, I just want to find the people who do want it. Yeah. And when I do, I'm like, oh, that's nice, cool. You get, we get someone buying a ticket yes. and you get to see what you want, yeah. so that's great. And everyone else is like, well, if you don't want to fly, I don't want you to come, yeah. you know? Absolutely, so it's yeah. easy. And also, I guess, uh, not to get too um, zen about it, but your improv DNA must help with that as well, of just, you know, yeah, being able to, for want of a better word, let the rejection sort of wash it with you. It's irrelevant to you. Yeah, or I'm screaming, yes, and, after people <laughs> yeah. walk away. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's, it's yeah, listening to people, I guess, is yeah. the DNA, rather yeah. than just blurting out the same phrase over yes. and over again. Yeah, yeah. See, trying to find people who want yeah I mean obviously there's a hook depends where you're standing in Edinburgh doesn't yes. it if you're on the mile blurting out times top 10 yeah. just saying guys yeah. uh, is a good way of giving out flyers yes. but if you're somewhere quieter which I prefer yeah. is just starting up a conversa- a real human conversation Absolutely. with real yeah. people is better more quality way of flying uh, last yesterday I was flying on the mile and yeah. there was a long line blocking the line of very angry looking people doing uh, their flyers for a, a political play uh, about the horrors of rape, which oh, was, you know, you know uh, compelling. Uh, unfortunately for all of us, directly behind them, there was a man dressed as an eight-foot penis, uh, <laughs> which, by, by the lines of there, it's more mm. salient points, but... I remember doing student theatre here, yeah. you know, and we were obviously terrible at flyering. We did that thing where you're, like, lying in the street and holding yes. a flyer up and trying yeah. to be street performers imagining that that has no training or history <laughs> and then we we fly at a show called the suicide once um okay. and uh we were walking up the street doing a sort of funereal march and there was a real funeral <laughs> and we were like oh no <laughs> but we were 19 so it didn't really hit home that we were being total dicks no that just sounds like the most gothic west side story ever <laughs> Just clicking from both <laughs> sides. Yeah. I think they won if it was West Side Story. Was that make them the Sharks or the Jets? I can't remember. Everybody loses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we haven't spoken about your own show. Yeah. Uh, you're doing a shoot the unromantic mm-hmm. uh, at the Counting House. Yeah. Um, and what is that about? Um, it's basically I am unromantic, and I think that's ruined 
several relationships. <laughs> People do these, but you know, it's really nice and, yeah. and beautiful when someone does a lovely gesture for you or a surprise or goes out of their way to do something nice. But it just makes me feel horribly awkward and I hate it. Yeah. So it's just almost like a compilation of all those moments yes. with a little narrative running through yeah. it. Um, and literally yeah. a compilation, uh, as in that you begin with. Uh, yes, kind of, yeah, I use mixtapes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because we're of that age where yeah. mixtapes, uh, Spotify doesn't quite have the same um, tang to it. We, we saw it a couple of nights back. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. We thought it was smart you. and funny and delicate. What I, what I wanted to say to you, uh, I wanted to say to you like in online messaging, but I c- couldn't quite get the tone of it into the print, so I'd say it face to face. Is what I particularly enjoyed about it was there seems to be a distinct lack of apology about it. Oh, good. And in, in, two, in two regards, one about certain jokes you do, certain references you do that you're, you don't bother to qualify that for, to explain it too much for the audience. Cool. Uh, you know, still holding the audience's hand and looking after them, mm-hmm. but you don't sort of uh, qualify it. But also the lack of apology for yourself. So that whole thing about you know certain decisions you might have made your statements, fact, yeah. whether we accept you or like you or not, is yeah. our business rather than yours. How much of that is conscious or how much of that is just, just you? It's interesting, actually, because on different days, depending on the audience, it does have a different tone. And yeah. I find that show, um, I felt I had a really nice one last night and that felt like the most uh, honest one or the yeah. most comfortable one. Um, yeah, there have been com- conscious decisions. There was definitely one where I felt like I went more into old, my old school stand-up mode yeah. where I was kind of trying to, I felt a bit too cocky and a bit more like, yeah, I'm yeah. great. And then I just felt more like definitely come across like an asshole. <laughs> it's like got these people doing nice things for me. I'm like, what an idiot. And that's not how I feel. Like, yeah. I genuinely am friends with pretty much all of my exes. You'll yeah. know which one I am not uh, from the story. <laughs> um, but there is a, a warmth to those people. Now, the thing is really trying to just show how I felt yeah. and how uncomfortable it was for me. Not that they are bad people or trying to yeah. do something that's awkward on purpose. Of course not. Yeah. So really, they are the heroes and I'm this idiot, really. Yeah. So that is a conscious decision that I should be. I'm the fall guy in that yeah. and not the guys, really. And it's interesting uh, in terms of... I, I, I'm conscious I'm, I'm tiptoeing around words so we don't give away any sort of the, the nuances of the, of the script <laughs> um, but it seems how this is how I'm going to say it like this it seems clear that romantics would enjoy this unromantic hour yeah I think so from what people have said yeah. and we all have a different sense of romance as yeah. well that's that's a theme in the show the first the very first time I did it yeah. you know I had no idea that when you put something in front of an audience like a work in progress sure. scratch night you just don't you have an idea of what you want but you don't know how people will react and actually that was in a theatre setting rather than a comedy setting yeah. and it was interesting to hear people feedback immediately wanted to tell me their stories yeah so I, I think the main thing is that yeah that people want to connect and have their own sense of romance or what that means for them or yeah. what what's exciting for them from someone else uh, yeah. some people love surprises and flowers and poetry and stuff and other people like I don't know fire alarms and <laughs> well I was and excitement just, with perfect timing <laughs> I was just literally going to say well you have already said about um, some people like surprises some people don't yeah a fire alarm certainly not <laughs> people's top surprise no um but something that else was surprising, I think maybe it happened last year because we were up last year. Uh, but um, the county house has a lovely roof. Oh, it's great! Yeah, yeah. I have a door this year, <laughs> guys. I can't tell you how exciting it is having a door. Less soundly. <laughs> I did a solo show there 
um, about three years ago, very yeah. different show. And yeah, I, I, it was a lot of it was like object work, which is improv for yes. mime. So the, there was not really a set or props. And you'd have the to, movie show? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. yeah, I have an idea for a film, it was called. And it was very slow and you sort of pay a lot of attention physically. And next door, almost every night, you know, they'll be sing, uh, singing a song next door about the C word. I don't know how clean this podcast is, but um, just always a really important emotional moment, you know, so, that was in silence in my show. Like, Beautiful. Yay. <laughs> um, so um, that's uh, Shoot Young Romantic mm-hmm. at five past 11? No. Uh, quarter past ten quarter past in the 10. evening. So you don't be don't talk at five past eleven. <laughs> you can, you won't get any of the show. No, no. But you know, put money in the bucket. If Absolutely, you do. yeah, yeah. yeah turn, up for the, turn up for the end, so put money in the bucket. Yeah, if you turn up at eleven fifteen and just give me twenty quid, I'll be really happy. Beautiful. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. that's like a, a fringe ideal. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Um, yeah. Speaking about fringe ideals, um, mm-hmm. what else are you hoping to catch? What else have you caught? What would you recommend? I'd recommend, oh, it's kind of pointless, it's probably selling out, but my friend James Rowland, who's also in Nightmare Live, yeah. he does um, 100 different words for love, yeah. and I saw it at Vault Festival, and it's just a beautiful piece of theatre. Yeah. It's excellent. I'd also recommend uh, Paul from Nightmare. These are genuinely shows that if I did not know sure. these people, yeah. I would love and go to. I saw his show Mamorpaga last oh, year, yes. which is a, um, a sort of role-playing game that you do with a whole room and you don't have to be into D&D or anything sure. to enjoy it that's really fun and he's got a new version of that which I can't see because it's pretty much a clash with my show yeah. but um, that's awesome oh what else yeah I mean there's so much stuff there is a role-playing yeah. um, game show uh, here at this venue um, Sweet uh, Grass Market uh, no it's not at the Grass Market it's um, actually down at their new venue it's down at um, Sweet Hollywood uh, down the road and that can quite comfortably be said not to clash with anybody's show because it's on pretty much all day every day oh, yeah. for the fringe great and uh, yeah it's, a, it's, a, um, it's definitely not D&D they definitely are not infringing any copyright whatsoever so it's, it's, it's not D&D uh, but it is a role playing game uh, and yeah cool. every day for the fringe for like 250 hours Adventurers Wanted I think it's called um, there's questing time as well if we've hit that that's vein. Right, yeah, yeah. That's um, Paul Foxcroft does a, just plays D and D with comedians every yes, night. Yeah, yeah. That's and, like an hour each night. Isn't it? Yeah, the, he's um, keen to point out that there, there is no gimmick on top of that. That is literally <laughs> just some comedians playing D and D. It's great. That, that's all you need, isn't it? I mean, yeah. sometimes with some shows. Um, a jaded fringe audience member can find too much pressure to go oh do I need to like this no just sit down and watch the fucker and then just go you know, uh, that's beautiful um, oh I wanted to ask you uh, if you have an answer to this um, it's possible that when you were a kid you, you invented something yeah. that you didn't actually do anything about um, and then somebody else got to the idea before you do you my, have an answer to this I've kind of got two answers to this one is my dad would do that all the time yeah. and he he's very upset that he invented this it's true. He thinks he invented the Elvis impression. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I had not seen anyone else do an impression of Elvis. I invented that. Uh-huh. Oh, and the, sorry, and sorry. the other thing, uh, and the other thing was rollerblades. Oh. He was like, you know, put them in a straight line. Yes. That would make them better. And then they did it, and he was really annoyed about that. And my ones are rubbish. I always invent things that already exist. So um, we were doing a shoot for. Uh, there's this thing called history bombs. They do little. Um, yeah 
kind of comedy sketches for schools okay. uh, on film to help them learn history. And um, it was a really sunny day, and I was in a costume that, where I had no shade, and it was the sun was right in my eyes. And I thought, God, and I was putting my hand just above my eyes, <laughs> and I was like, What if there was something that I could just put there and leave there, like a hat, but with a, a, a brim, a peak? And then I was like, <laughs> literally just invented hats. <laughs> it was the lamest invention. <laughs> Along those lines, I've also invented a bed when I was sleeping on the floor. I was like, oh, I would like some elevation and some comfort. <laughs> uh, yep, beds. Yeah, 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 so my inventions are terrible. But they are sound. <laughs> they are. If, yeah. I, if I had lived in caveman times, yeah. I would be a legend, you guys. Absolutely. <laughs> and also, the other question I wanted to ask you, we normally ask, when we're recording this podcast down in Brighton, mm. we ask uh, people where they hang out to be creative, when they've got right to block. Um, what, what coffee shop or whatever they hang mm. out in um, and it tends to be even the same coffee shops or their own bedroom um, mm. in Edinburgh so I guess it's slightly different and also I'm aware that there's a certain level of returning performers who have been here for the 13th year that will have certain um, coffee shops or indeed swimming pools and stuff that they don't talk about because yeah. you know they need space and breathing space so I'm not asking you to sort of reveal <laughs> the spaces where you just hang out to um, keep away from you know me uh, <laughs> but, uh, are there places that you do hang out when you've got five minutes this is the first fringe where I've done a bit of exercise oh, yeah. like not just doing lengths in a very tiny pool but like having a bit of a jog and that's just, great uh, for sanity that's really yeah. nice um to everyone I just recommend going up off the seat at least once because yes. it gives you perspective yeah. I'm sure I'm not the first person to say that but just like looking down on this tiny little yeah. city everything is not such a big deal as you think it is so, I was taking um, my set which isn't a part it's not as big as it sounds it was, it's literally we're in a, a little basket I was taking my set from one venue to the other on my second night here and um I took a wrong turn, so I, 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 walk, I walked around Arthur's seat, <laughs> which is an impressive, unlit journey oh at my God, 10 o'clock at night. Uh, so I've done that. Uh, I, I managed to stick to the path and beware the moon, but um, <laughs> it, wasn't a, it wasn't an impressive journey. So, Katie's suits, mm -hmm. uh, we're about to sort of uh, just go through the list of uh, the shows that you're in and like sure. locations and times, etc. for n Nightmare Live. You yourself are in two of them. One has just happened. Is that right? Yes, yeah. so I'm playing this Sunday at 5.15 at the Udderbelly, oh, yeah. which is the one in George Square. And that will probably have more cast than normal because there's a lot of Nightmare cast members in town, so we're just going to try and put everyone Excellent. in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, which will be great. And I think that's Tom Bell and Richard Soames, yeah. who've previously been Lord Fear, so um, that's exciting. I've also got Happily Never After, which is 4.30 every day. I won't be in it on Sunday, not that you'd be there for me, but uh, 4.30 yeah, uh, at Just the Tonic at the Caves, which yes. is on Cowgate. And that, that, I'm actually going home on the 15th, so yes. my, my fringe is short and Shoot the Unromantic finishes on the Monday, on the 14th, 14th yes. which is, you know, everyone's day off, Yes. which may or may not be a brilliant tactic. Well, I might do my last show to one person, or it might be full. Well, yeah, we have a um, <laughs> cacophony. We're, we're on on the 14th, so we're, yeah. we're hoping for a bit of overfill uh, on the 14th. Uh, on my first year here, I, I didn't realise that that was a thing. That mm. was, uh, also, when we say everyone takes the day off, it's still a packed friend. Yes. It's still uh, mighty. So yeah, that's um, Nightmare Live on Sunday, um, Happy Never After, um, 
every day, yep. but um, uh, you happen not to be there on Sunday, or indeed mm -hmm. from the 15th onwards, actually. Yes. Um, and um, uh, shoot the unromantic up until the 14th. Mm -hmm. uh, at oh, the counting, counting house. house in the loft yeah. right at the top. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, thank you, Kitty Shoot. You've My been pleasure. our first guest for the podcast in yeah. Edinburgh Fringe. Thank you so much. Have a fantastic Fringe. Thank you. So hello. This is the second part of the Cast Iron Theatre podcast, episode 22 at the Edinburgh Fringe, still at the Sweet Grass Market, which is located on, well, the Grass Market, uh, just um, below the shadow of... Um, I was going to say Hogwarts, it's not Hogwarts <laughs> at all. It's actually, that's really offensive to anybody local. They, oh, can we get past this? Uh, in the shadow of Edinburgh Castle. And we have our second uh, load of guests on today, uh, on uh, today's podcast. Uh, and I'll let you introduce yourselves. Uh, who are you guys? Hello, I'm Ella. Hi, I'm Neve. And collectively, you, you, as a company, you're known as Rhythm Theatre. Rhythm Theatre, and you, you're actually local to, to us, in, local to us at the Cast Iron Theatre podcast because you're down from Brighton. Yes. Uh, or I think up from Brighton. Um, so, um, uh, Neve, is this your first fringe? Yeah, I did Brighton Fringe last year, but this is the first time I've even been to Edinburgh. How are you so finding it so far? I love it. Yeah. As soon as I got here, like the vibe was just buzzing. It's a so much on beautiful place. Uh, has it been overwhelming, or are you? Um, I'm just kind of riding, riding the wave, going yeah. with it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, Ella, uh, you're you're an old hand at this, really. Not really. I came last year for the first time, first yeah. time I'd ever been to Scotland, with a poetry collective, Poets vs MCs, who are here again this year, yeah. so check them out if you're around, through Fringe. Um, and yeah, it was really fun going up with them, but it wasn't really the same as going up with a theatre production, which yeah. is kind of like more our baby, I suppose, yes. rhythm theatre, so like we've had to find our own theatre space yes. with like good lighting and good audience numbers and it's all been very much our own project so yeah this has been a lot more work and rhythm theatre the name of, of your company suggests that there's um it's not just theatre there's, there's other uh, elements to it yeah well originally i wrote did i choose these shoes which is our show this year yeah. as just like a poetry spoken word show yeah. and then decided to add in physical theater which is where neve comes along just to make it more visually engaging and also to really emphasize and articulate what words can't yeah you see what i mean um so we thought like poetry obviously has naturally an, a rhythm to it and um so does dance so yeah. i think I think that sort of does what it says on the tin in terms of like putting the two together, dance and poetry. And how challenging is that? Even if the idea comes from you yourselves, when you're trying to articulate an idea that words aren't helpful enough for, but that already is quite a complicated concept. Yeah. I think we kind of just improvise. Like, uh, me and Ella work really well together yeah. and if she'll show me a piece of writing or something like that and I'll just do what feels natural kind yeah. of and then we just kind of work on it from there. So Ella and uh, Neve, it's not just you guys, it's a slightly um, bigger company than just you two, is that right? Um, it's yeah. us two with the main like core people yeah. um, and then Amy and Rosie. Rosie's been doing our lighting design yeah. and sound 
and Rosie's also another I mean not Rosie Amy sorry yeah you're getting mixed up I don't know why <laughs> um Amy's another dancer another doing physical theatre but also has helped and we've all have directed it choreographed it together yeah and we've taken some movements from a dance called the Rosa Dance Rosa which works perfectly correlates with one of my poems yeah. and then we've sort of done the rest from there choreographed the rest from there together as a collective group Okay, so here's a question for which uh, words aren't very helpful because it's the worst question to ask you. What's it about? It's quite all-encompassing, but it's about what it means to be a girl growing up today and the different choices on offer for young women through the character of an insecure teen who's trying to deal with her insecurities but at the same time trying to combat misogyny and how those two can kind of seem like they're mutually exclusive but you can feel the same way. If you see what I mean, yeah. it's a really um, a current conversation at the moment. You know, yeah. uh, there has been uh, decades, I guess, of um, not being able to fight back, and even the phrase "fight back" ha- it has unnecessarily combative tones. Although you may also argue, no, fuck it, we're going to be combative. Um, <laughs> So, how much is you mentioned in your sort of uh, press? You mentioned uh, programs like the program girls, uh, Leonard uh, Dunham. Um, how much has the current climate of strong female characters in fiction and in, and in media allowed you to have a voice? Um, I think that's an interesting question, and also combat was maybe quite a strong word, but yeah. it just what came to my head. Um, I think it has really encouraged me, but I think the main thing that encouraged me to write the piece in the in the first place was the fact that there is still so few female representatives in all fields of yeah. society, and it's getting better in entertainment, definitely, and people like Lena Dunham, 100% yeah. are making movements, um, but I do still think whenever I turn on the television or go and see a live band, sure. the first thing I think of is how many women are yeah. on stage, how many women are on screen, and how are they being represented. Yeah. And it's more the lack of representatives that that empowers me to write rather than the presence of them, I if see. you see what I mean. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because you, can we translate that as, um, you don't see yourself enough yes, on stage. Yes, exactly that, that yeah. exactly that. Like, Especially in also with goes about saying the fashion industry yeah. and wanting to look a certain way and all, like kind of the in betweeny way that's never really represented. Like yeah. even though to everyone else like I seem like a normal girl, normal shape, normal size. To myself, I'm really insecure about myself, course, and that's yeah. because I guess I don't see myself represented or a one-dimensional version of myself. I yeah. guess. And um, how is that for? In terms of uh, being collaborative, uh, Sir Ella, this is, for want of a better phrase, your your sort of passion project, you have something to say, and it's your poetry on the stage. Uh, Neve, how is that to um, be part of, because you're being invited for another woman's idea of how girlhood and womanhood, because those are two different things, uh, being represented. Because you might not necessarily have the same ideas. You might mm-hmm. sort of be able to go, actually, I'm not so angry about that. Or mm-hmm. actually, uh, you know, I'm, I do have a problem that way, um, and it appears not to. Yeah, I think, well, a lot of Ella's poems and stuff are actually based upon, like, our friends. Um, yeah. And we went to school together, so we have, like, a similar friendship group and stuff. So, like, they are all quite relatable. 
but sometimes like I do watch it back and I'm like oh that bit came across a little bit angry or yeah. something like that and it's because I have a different experience like cool. personally yeah. for me growing up I was like a proper tomboy like yeah. hang out with boys all the time skated all of that whereas Ella had complete polar opposite yeah. um, she was always felt very separated from guys and stuff like that so there's a poem describing how we're so separated when we're younger but for me I had a completely like different experience yeah. so I think that was actually to do with our upbringings at a very young age because mm. I grew up in London yeah um, I grew up in Brighton yeah. um and yeah you kind of grew up in like a little village just like off Brighton mm. when you were really young and I think you know you're encouraged to run around play in the mud and you're not really that influenced by society and media and capitalism every day whereas mm. for me like going into a shop like, I was super obsessed with Barbie Pink. Yeah. I was called Pink Ella at school. Um, so I think that's what influenced me to write these kind of poems now is because I am inextricably linked to those themes. Like I will always be a girl or whatever that means, yes. but that is just a construct. And now I've come to realise that and sort of be like, I'm not just, these things don't define me, they're just what's been layered onto me by society. Yeah. Um, and they're not intrinsic to being a human either, yeah. they're just fabricated by capitalism. Sure. See what I mean? That's a lot of lo long words. Yeah, it's good, it's good. <laughs> long words are good. Uh, and the term tomboy is interesting as well, because yeah. mm. isn't that just a girl who climbs trees it doesn't do exactly. yeah no it's true things. when i said tumba so. yeah. like, I, I was i was um, talking to somebody uh, yesterday that's been flyered um on the royal mile and they were talking about a um a female show uh a solo female show where the, the person plays lots of different characters mm -hmm. and at one point uh, uh plays uh, is in a business suit being, being a, a, a man you know, in the city and it was only afterwards it occurred to me that isn't a woman in a business suit a businesswoman? Yeah. And it's yeah. so how much we are linked to the default character being yeah. straight white man. Stereotypes. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And it is all stereotypes because playing football, climbing trees, that's not synonymous with being male. Yeah. That's something that society has ingrained into you. Yeah. Women, girls can do that if only they were encouraged in the same way. Yeah. And need was, which yeah. is totally amazing and I didn't feel like I was from a young age um, and I think I don't think that's to down to my, even my parenting yeah. or anything like that it's just like like people and you know education such a big, education is such a big influence over you so who is your audience because you, you talk about um, uh, the pressures of being a girl you 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 do uh, speak about periods in your blurb which <laughs> might sort of um, caution some audience members to go oh this this is not for them this is true or, or, or actually i think some people would feel that way maybe but i think well obviously maybe talking about the male audience yeah else. maybe yeah. um but i i think it's important for men to find out about these things and if they're put off from it then they have to question themselves why but um i i, I mean what i've started doing is going up to men like hey do you want to find out a little bit more about women because you know, <laughs> that's a good open men. Because you know they do. They don't. I feel like there's this big thing like, oh, men don't understand women. But why? We're not that different. Like we no. really are. Like innately, we're not. It's just because we've been separated in all these different weird ways yeah. that aren't real. Like we can just break them down and just ex explain how our experiences are different, but not because of the way we are innately. And I guess that relates somewhat to the title of your hour of um, "Did I Choose These Shoes?" Mm -hmm. It's um, how much of being a woman and being a girl um, 
is under your yeah. control on how much it's imposed upon you. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's yeah. exactly it. That's what I was thinking about when I came up with the title. And actually, you, I think you were mentioning about what books you're into yeah. and stuff like that. Um, it was very much influenced by this book by Natasha Walker called um, Living Dolls, The Return of Sexism. Oh, yes, yes. And um, yeah, it's one of my favourite books ever. And it really explored the topic of choice. Yeah. And before I read it, I... Um, always thought if women want to sexually liberate themselves if they want to that that's their choice that's their choice I never really thought about it in terms of but why are we making the choices we're making we're making the choices we're making because we've been taught certain ways we've been educated in a certain way and mostly from the media from even education from capitalism to think a certain way and that's not innate within us that's that's just something that we've been programmed to do Um, so it's just quite dark really like we're all just robots we're not robots we've got our own interpretation (laughs) of things obviously but and so, how much of this hour is, how much of it is a sort of, um, not, no, lecture is the wrong word, because that does sound like it's a negative thing, but I, I guess what I want to say is how much of it is joyful, how much of it is hopeful, do we, do we have, do you have an end game in which actually it's going to be alright, or is it more, there's still a bit of a way to go? I think it's a mix throughout the whole thing. Yeah. It starts off like humorous. Yeah. Um, I think it's a good balance of like the two. Yeah. And where are you? Uh, where are you performing? The space at Jury's Inn, which is just off the mile on Jeffrey Street, and it's at 6.10pm until the 11th. Excellent. Yeah, because it's quite a short run for you guys, isn't it? Yeah, so, we've yeah. done yeah. seven. We did yeah. two previews, fourth and fifth. Yeah. So, yeah, it's only been like a week. But we're doing the Royal Mile every day. We're starting in very soon, yeah. um, 12.10. So yeah. we're doing little previews along the mile. On the stage. On yeah, the, yeah, on the Royal Mile. So that's been really fun, actually. Because um, just in case people are a little bit confused, because there there's more than one space at the um, Edinburgh Fringe. And yes, so yeah. this one is, am I right in thinking it's just, it's like tuck, tucked near tucked the train station? Yeah, it's yeah. right yeah. by the train station. It's If if you're on the mile, you can go down like some alleyway or some That's steps right. to get there. Yeah. Um, and it's at Jury's Inn, which is a hotel. That's right, yeah. yeah. Cool. And remind me again what time it is? 6.10pm. 6.10 every day until the 11th. Until the 11th. Yeah. So, uh, what I uh, will we'll end with uh, asking you if there's um, any other things you're hoping to see or you've heard a buzz about that you've caught already at the Edinburgh Fringe that you'd uh, want to give a shout out to on the podcast. I really want to give a shout out to Spontaneous Shakespeare. Oh, yeah. I know they've already got a really big crowd, but yeah. they are incredible. I was like laughing my socks off the whole way through. Yeah. It's free fringe. It's on at the Liquid Rooms. And also I went to see um, the other day Action at a Distance, which yes. is another UEA company because I go to UEA. Um, uh, explain for us what um, UEA is. Oh, University of East Anglia yeah. in Norwich. Yeah. Um, uh, another UEA company. UEA writer, UEA director, all UEA cast, yeah. action at distance at Zoo Studios, incredible, very Excellent. political play yeah. Ameri- about America, society, American society. Fantastic. Anything you? Um, also, very excited to see Fall of Duty by oh, yeah. Alison Child. Um, I think Alison Child, and it's got um, somebody else we know from Bryson called yeah. Harry Child in, yeah. so that'll be great. Yeah. And, and do you remember where it is, Fall of Duty? Um, it's here. Oh, it's in gra- this it's venue. at the Sweetgrass um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Market. Yeah. Market yes. uh, which is why we can hear lots of lovely buzz in the background. Um, uh, lots of people looking very confused and happy, and uh, <laughs> both. Um, it's a mixture of things here, always a mixture. So, thank you, Rhythm Theatre, Ella, and Neve, for this chat at the uh, Cast Iron Theatre podcast. It's been fantastic to chat to you both. Thank you so thank much for you having so us. Much. It's been sad. It's been a pleasure. This has been the Cast Iron Theatre Podcast.
Presented by Andrew Allen. And edited by Michelle Duncan. Music is Chapstick by Everett Armand. Find us on Twitter, cast underscore iron acts. On Facebook, ironcladcast iron, or one word. Our website is castironbrighton.weebly.com. Subscribe to us and rate us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Thanks for listening. Doing a lot of tea foley that helps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of the best Bond girl ever. <laughs> She's definitely British. Yeah.